should take a couple shots before we get started with the podcast. Okay. All right, everyone. Hi, I'm Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. And thank you for tuning in to Black and Behind the Scenes. Um, how was your week, Brittany? It was cool. It was um, a productive week. Um, a lot of personal things going on as far mm-hmm. as like celebrations and, you know, personal achievements. So nice. it's, been a, it's been a good week. How about yours? Um, I'm coming into my busy season right now mm. um, with work. So the next two weeks are going to be pretty intense. But, you know, pushing through it, pushing through it. That's all you can <laughs> do, girl. Right. <laughs> okay. So I hope everyone out there has had a wonderful week and yes. jumping back in with us. Um, thank you for joining us again. We really appreciate your support um, and subscribing to our channel um, and listening to us. Um, so we're going to um, give you the latest update on net neutrality of what's going on during the industry rundown. All right, so there's been um, an update on the latest of what's going on with net with with the net neutrality repeal. So the protection that we currently have of an open free internet, as you all know, will be coming to a close as soon as April. Mm-hmm. So that's right around the corner, guys. So that means. Having an open internet, the changes will be coming in April, so mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that. Um, it's unfortunate. Um, right now, state officials, public interest groups, and in- internet activists have launched lawsuits and are rallying um, to reinstate the protection that we currently have under net neutrality law, meaning a free and open internet. Um, however, it's not likely that the lawsuits will take effect in April. However, the activists... Um, have a shot at fighting back in the future, um, either via the, via the Congressional Review Act. And under that act, um, within the first 60 days um, of the effective um, legislation by the federal government, it can be um, overturned. So that's what these uh, people are really rallying against trying to have happen. And once the law becomes effective in April, the first 60 days, we're trying to overturn that within the court system um, and fighting back against the net neutrality law. So repeal, shall I say, yes. Have you heard any news or seen anything of um, internet search providers, like what they intend to do with this, how they're going to move forward with it? Well, some internet search providers, such as Google, I know um, Netflix is also open for free internet. They Some are for it, some are against it. So it depends on what their, I guess, bottom dollar is as mm-hmm. far as business and how they uh, handle um, their business transactions or how they want to ha- focus on their business aspects of it. But it's just, it's a personal interest, basically. Yeah, but um, we haven't seen any, like, proposed rate changes or not yet. anything like that. No, we have a projection of what it may be, which is more so of, well, they said they cannot slow down the internet. Like, they can't block websites. They can't do certain things. But, again, this all can be changed. Like, this is just hearsay of what they're not allowed to do. But you know how that goes. Yeah. They say one thing, and then you turn around, and something completely different. Hmm. So we honestly have no idea what's coming okay. um, and what that may look like as of right now. And I'm pretty sure these companies are putting in, putting in legislations or rate changes 
as effective as of now. Yeah. Well, Unfortunately. We'll be keeping our head on the swivel to figure out what's going on, how people yeah. are um, you know, going to enact new rates, new plans, mm-hmm. um, new ideas. Absolutely. In the face of net neutrality because yeah, like you said, April. April which is right around, around the corner. corner. It yeah. really is. So we will definitely keep you guys posted and updated on what's going on. Yeah. For sad, sure. sad news today. <laughs> sad, sad, sad news. <laughs> Um, in, in relation to the net neutrality repeal and everything digital, um, it is officially a digital war and it, and I mean that as far as sports comes. So I read this article and it was talking about the way sports fans consume live sporting events can and will change drastically within the next five to six years or so. Um, well, it says that the NFL and the NBA contracts with major cable networks are set to expire in 2022, that being the NFL in 2025 for the NBA. So that means the contracts that currently cable industries are have a lock on will be open for for bid. So like so so like the um dang who does the NFL Fox Right. And their contract is going to end soon, so yes. then anybody could bid. So right now, the people who are on the digital platforms who are going to go bid for it is Google, Facebook, and Amazon, as well as Verizon and AT&T. And now, if the net neutrality repeal happens, Verizon and AT&T will have an even better chance at locking in those contracts, mm-hmm. because that will be on their side as far as the repeal goes and legislation against what they're currently trying to do, which is slow down. Google, Facebook, and Amazon. So that could mean potentially for you sports fans that you won't have free Thursday night football. You'll have to potentially pay for that. In a sense, yes. It will be more so of an a la carte kind of thing now. Mm-hmm. I mean, instead of the cable networks having a lock on, this is where you watch this, you know, this content on this particular network. Now it's going to be open to more so if you want to view Monday and Sunday night football, you can on this particular, you know, Mm. with this particular package or etc so it it just all depends on how they're going to customize this but I think this is more so looking towards the future of how consumers view the content because with it going digital you can be more interactive now I mean the fans can possibly interact with whether it's live um data they're trying to get to say hey do you think this team is going to beat this team what do you think and you vote right then there on your phone and they'll take that information and retrieve it. So that's kind of like what I do for my job now is more so working with interactive media. So I can see that they're them pushing that narrative because they want to be more interactive and get more information from their consumer as exactly how they feel, yeah. how they interact with the sports, yeah. and they can get it whenever they want it. And I absolutely see it too because I used to work for picture people back in the day. And the fathers will come in and don't really want to be there. <laughs> so I can definitely see them pulling out their phones and watching sports whenever they are somewhere where they don't want to be. And yeah. they can get it right there on their phones. Yeah. And it's a live stream. Mm-hmm. Like, why not? It makes total sense. Yeah. And that means um, easy access for advertisers. Absolutely. Better data for Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Uh, and more information for them to put their dollars to Absolutely. their specific target. Um, mm-hmm. You know, market target groups. So mm-hmm. interesting. It's I wonder how that's gonna plan out for the major networks because honestly, that may like cripple them 
Oh, it will. Like, oh, it's not. It's it, it, apps, and they know that. And this is what they've been. This is the last. This is the nail in the coffin for them, basically. Dang. If it, it's not really if when this occurs and when it goes into the hands of a Google, Facebook, Amazon, or even a Verizon or AT and T, it's over for the major cable networks. Mm. Pretty you, much. You know what? I'd be interested to to know how many people still watch a lot of network, te- like major network te- television yeah. programming. I don't think it's a lot, to be completely honest with you. Honestly, no. The the numbers are dwindling as the years go on. I will look into that actually next time we um we tape again. I'll get those numbers and see. Look into that because I'm I'm interested too. Yeah. To kind of pull that data. And what something? Yeah. What's funny is that Netflix and Hulu they don't um give out their data information. They don't release it. So they yeah. hold all that in. Because they are, uh, they're not publicly traded, right? Yeah, no. So they yeah. can keep all their information. Mm-hmm. And I remember working for the, the networks, they were like, well, they don't release their information. And I'm thinking, why would I tell you I got your content on my subscription-based program? Why would I tell you what views I'm getting if I don't have to? Of course I'm going to keep that information. That's because true. you would take it back and then create content that... You know, people actually want to see. No, why would I tell you that I'm going to create the content? Right. I mean, because there's no purpose in them doing it because they don't sell advertising. So, right? What do you, what do you mean? Like on Netflix. Mm-hmm. The only reason why you would type of sh- share that type of data mm-hmm. is so that you can give it to people so they can invest. And they can know what type of viewers you have, right? right. And they don't have that type of platform. Right. And so they don't need to share their viewership with you. And what kind of content to create. What yeah. people are actually like going towards. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's whatever. Pretty much. Okay. Um. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's really exciting. Um. I saw this coming a long time ago. It was just only a matter of time before this actually took place. So, right. yeah. So, sports fans, look out. You'll be able to see your live shows or live sporting events on your phone and iPad and on the go. Well, I thought they could already do that with some platforms. No, I don't know. I don't really they watch They do have... Me neither. So, <laughs> <laughs> I do not. They do have, like, um, Yahoo Sports yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. They have little itsy-bitsy stuff. Um, probably testing the demographic to see what that would look like. Yeah. But they're going to take it full-fledged because there's no reason for them not to. Technology, we've told you guys, is the way of the future. So, they're going to push forward with that. Yeah, everything's moving digital. Yeah. Okay. Well... Cool. Well, thank you, Antoinette. For You're welcome. Your information, girl. <laughs> and we will be back after this break from our sponsors. Black and Behind the Scenes is currently looking for sponsors. So if you are a business located in the D.C., Maryland, or Virginia area, we would like to partner with you. And we want you to sponsor an episode of Black and Behind the Scenes. And we want to be able to share your products, your services with our listeners um, because they are interested in buying black, you know, obviously, right? We want to extend the hand for it. So, if you're interested in partnering with us, please email us at blackandbehindthescenes at gmail.com and let us know because we would love to work with you. And now, back to the show. You are in the spotlight. So, this week's spotlight, we're going to talk about the Oscars. Did you watch Oscars? Girl, no. I was tired. (laughs) (laughs) I did not. You know what? I tried to to, uh, stay up for it. I thought Jimmy Kimmel. 
Mm-hmm. That was his host. I thought he did a really good job. Okay. Um, he's not bad. Yeah, no, no. I don't hate him. He's funny. He's funny. Yeah. So, but particularly, I want to talk about the spotlight on the notable um, history makers this year. Awesome. So, in particular, Jordan Peele, who was the first black person to win for the best original screenplay, and that's wow. Get Out. Wow. This was his first feature film, his de- directorial debut. Yes. Um, and he won an Oscar, and that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, he's only the third person in Academy history to be nominated for directing writing and producing in the same year so that's really awesome um i'm really happy for him and he spoke in his acceptance speech about um how like you know he doubted himself on how to like moving forward with this project Mm. and you know so many times he want to he wanted to stop Mm -hmm. but that's just a testament girl like i wanted to do a hallelujah shout because it's like a testament of as content creators, oh, absolutely. you know, yeah. we doubt ourselves. We second guess ourselves so absolutely. much. Like, will people like this? Will people fund this? Do people want to see this? Am mm-hmm. I good enough? Right. What would people think? It's just all these negative um, criticism playing in a loop in our head. Right. And you just got to push that stuff out mm-hmm. because somebody is going to want to see it. Somebody is going to champion for you. And, you know, what God has for you is for you. Absolutely. If he puts it on your heart to create it. It's on your mind. It's on your heart. Do it. Yeah. Um, it's very true. So that was just a testament for that. Shout out to Jordan Peele. Absolutely. I know he's working on some other stuff again. in the future. I can't wait to see what he has coming out. Yeah, I think no. he's going more down the horror film route also. I hope Sci-fi so. kind of thing that he has going on. But I would love it. I can't wait to see it. Speaking of like a little sci-fi thing, um, we talk about Dee Reese, which was the first black woman nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay for um mudbound which is not sci-fi so let me let me cur that back um <laughs> so the the sci-fi aspect of it was um she along with two other female directors partnered with walmart to do a 60 second short during the commercial breaks oh and her short was so cute they only had like a subject of a box a walmart box and, you know, they could create whatever they wanted to. And her video, I really liked. It was like a little black girl and she was playing inside of her Walmart box. And mm-hmm. but she was like a, a sci-fi alien space person. And Mary J. Blige was in it. And, oh, wow. Um, it showed her two parents, which were um, two black women. Oh, yeah. So it was, uh, it was really, um, I really liked her short. Um, So I'm pretty sure you can check that out. Oh, I have to check it out. Yeah, definitely. uh, Google or YouTube it. uh, It was really worth looking at. But Dee Reese was the first black woman this year nominated, well, ever in Academy history to be nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay for Mudbound. Did you see that? I have not seen Mudbound. I know it's there. I saw that, you know, that I should watch it, but I just haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's a little slow. It's not one of my favorites. Um, It looked, just from the the art, it just looked boring. I'm sorry. But, I mean, it's... (laughs) It's, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh God, I feel bad for saying that, but it did. It's it did. Not, it's not boring, but it's kind of, to me it's slow. Like I had to watch it again mm-hmm. because I was just like, "Where is this going? Where is this going?" But I kind of felt like that about Pariah, which is another D. Reese movie. I love Even that though movie. Pariah is good. I just felt like it was too slow for me. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. So I felt like I the same it. thing with Mudbound. Uh, speaking of Mudbound. Mary J. Blige, our girl MJB, 
was nominated for an Oscar yes, for Best Supporting Role. Yes, she was. Um, and then, so she's the first person ever to be nominated for both Best Supporting Actress role and then first um, in the original screen song. Right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, this is no Tino Shade. Okay. No Tino. What you about? Uh, I think. Go ahead. No Tino Shay. Okay. <laughs> I love Mary. Uh-oh. I really do. But Oscar nominated worthy role was oh. that? It was not. Okay. Uh, um. I no. No. I liked her in the movie, but I'm like, girl. Mm. <laughs> you know, I think the only other movie that I remember her being in was I can't think of the name of it, but Q Tip was in it. And this was like a throwback movie back in the day. Hmm? She wasn't that great in that eat. She was, you know, it wasn't the best. It seemed like she was familiar with that character. So that's why the role she played made sense. But, um, God, I have to What movie are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. I have to get my phone and Google this. Because... You probably I, I watch a lot of hood movies, people. I really do. A lot of low budget hood ones and I love it. Um Well, you know, so Mary, I mean, she's not horrible. I just don't I just do not think that it was worth an Oscar nomination. That's okay. all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's okay, that's understandable. Because um, I think if Common was also girl. nominated, you would say the same. So okay. Girl, if com if y'all ever give Common <laughs> An Academy Award nomination. Please know that y'all didn't lost y'all plum minds out here in the Academy. <laughs> I cannot. Okay, so it's called Prison Song. You ever saw that? <laughs> don't. Okay, don't. Don't do. <laughs> do not do that. <laughs> no, I've, I've never what? even heard of such a thing. Oh my god, you have got to watch it. It is great. It is amazing. Girl, when was that movie? Oh my god, this came out in what? Yeah, two thousand and one. Oh, it was so good. Thank you, Q Tip. <laughs> you know what? Oh my god. Yeah, Mary J. Blige was in that. Um, Fat Joe was in it. Yeah, it was it was a very hood movie, but I loved it. Okay. Look, and Robert De Niro produced it. Interesting. Well And Darnell Martin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. All right. Well, interesting. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Anytime. For the prison song shout Anytime. out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that is our spotlight. Um, people for the week, we got Jordan Peele, D. Reeves, and MJB. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. May all history nominations wins. And so that's that's a, a, a big ups to black folks. Absolutely. We're rooting for everybody. Absolutely. So that's good. Yeah. Awesome. All right, and we will be back after this message from our sponsors. Hey guys, we want you, yes you, to be a part of our creative crew. What's the creative crew? It's only the best online content-driven community. All right, now back to the show. (laughs) So, this week on Spoiler Alert, I want to talk about... um, some of the content that HBO did in February for Black History Month. I know for Black History Month is over. Yeah, so we three sixty five black over here. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to talk about their content that they had. I thought it was really interesting. Um, so they had a short documentary mm-hmm. called Traffic Stop, and Traffic Stop was um, nominated for an Oscar either last year or this year. I'm not sure for a short documentary. Mm, okay, um, how long was it? I want to say it was like 30 minutes. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so it was nominated for an Oscar. It's about a black woman in Austin, Texas. Her name is Brianna King. Mm-hmm. And she was pulled over for speeding. Mm-hmm. And that quickly escalated to her being aggressively arrested. Wow. Um, of course, um, you know, officer pulled her out of the car, slamming her on the concrete. Um, so it just explored her narrative and, and dealing with that issue. Um, it's called Traffic Stop. I suggest you watch that. It's only 30 minutes. So so is, is this in, um, in comparison to Sondra Bland? Because I see that she... Um was also a school teacher in this. Yeah, so, yeah, Brianna King, she's a, a school teacher. It was kind of one of those things where, like, you know, a San- Sandra Bland type of issue where, you know, I'm questioning why you pulling me over type of thing and mm-hmm. the police, like, don't sass me, girl, type situation. Right, okay. So she um, is has filed a lawsuit with the um officer involved okay um and it's still pending because this happened in 2015 so it was just exploring her life and how she felt oh okay um, pending this lawsuit and her feelings toward that whole situation so traffic stop um also another really profound piece of work that i really liked this year um from hbo was notes from a field and it um stars anna devere smith and it's written by her. So Anna Devere Smith, if you if you don't know, she's a playwright. She's an actress. You might remember her from Nurse Jackie on um, what was Nurse Jackie on Showtime? I think she played Gloria. But more notably, or I guess for newer content, she plays Rainbow Johnson mother on Blackish. Got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that, does that ring a bell? Yeah, that okay. rings a bell. So Got it. Um, Anna Devere Smith. She did a one-woman play okay, and brought it to screen, and it debuted on uh, HBO. Uh-huh. And it really explores um, mass incarceration, wow. the school-to-prison pipeline, mm-hmm. trauma in black youth, um, social and criminal justice. And she did this to just basically highlight those issues, mm-hmm. bring awareness, and to like have a, a real dialogue on the effects of incarceration on black people um and she single-handedly because this is a one-woman show she single-handedly um did like 18 real life stories of people so the stories vary from james baldwin to um representative john lewis to brie newsome which is the young lady who um climbed the the pole Mm -hmm. in south carolina and, and, and brought that confederate flag down so she did all these interviews with these people personally she conducted these interviews and then she brought them to life on stage wow um so this is really profound work very cool i have to check that out yeah i would suggest that you very much tune into that it's about an hour it could be a little bit longer but i like it um so check that out and then lastly, the piece of information or content that was on HBO um, was Two Dope Queens. Yes. And Two Dope Queens was a four-part comedy special mm-hmm. with right. um, Jessica Williams and Phoebe Robertson. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not familiar with them, they have a podcast with that same, same title, Two yeah. Dope Queens. Mm-hmm. Two Dope Queens. Um, and they have a lot of viewership. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Two Dope Queens. 
Uh, personally, I'm not a fan of two dope queens. Uh, yeah, no, I never listened to their podcast prior to this. Um, I was really excited to figure out what it is that HBO was doing with them only because I had heard of Phoebe Robinson, but I didn't put, and I heard of just, I saw something on Netflix with Jessica Williams, but I never put two and two together. And then when I watched the special, I'm like, oh wait, I know them. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I thought when I watched the special that it was going to be them doing a comedy routine. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not exactly what it is. Yeah, the so format. they did like a comedy little sketch. Well, not even a sketch. They did comedy routine in the Banter beginning. Banter more so. Yeah. yeah, and then they brought in other comics. Right. So other comedians come on for about a good five minutes and do a stand-up routine. Yeah. And yeah. about three, maybe, yeah, three comics. And then they have an interview ses- session within that also. Yeah. And just to know that... Um, these comics are not necessarily uh, black people. Right. But it's Jessica and variety. Phoebe are black. Yes, they are. Um, and be- so shout out to them for making that that, that HBO absolutely. money. For yeah. getting that platform. Yeah. For, to getting the exposure. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That was a big thing. That was a big, big ups. Um, and also, I believe one of their, their, in their statements, they said they wanted to be able to bring on comedians that normally don't get public shine or the spotlight like um in certain areas or whatever so they want to bring different kind of comedians onto their show yeah which is i think what they do with their podcasts also mm-hmm. again i don't i've never listened to it so i'm just assuming that that's what the basis of their podcast is yeah check them out um yeah they like i said it's for uh specials I personally don't think that they're funny. I'm just not a fan of, <laughs> of their comedic style. That whole they do a lot of that. Um, I'm a black girl living in a white person world, and I yeah. hate a, a white man. Which hey, whatever, hey. do that's fine or whatever. But I'm that's just not my personal comedic. Yeah, uh, it's a little different style that it's, I want to look at. Yeah, no, there it's different. That's yeah. all I have to say. And I yeah, it's different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So two dope queens. <laughs> two dope queens. Um, two dope queens. Traffic stop and notes from the field. All great content mm-hmm. on HBO. Right. Check it out. Um, if you have HBO on demand on the go, mm-hmm. um, it's still up and available. Yes, so it is. I would suggest that you ch- you check that out because yeah, give H- it a chance. Yeah, HBO pretty does pretty good content for Black History Month and then also for Hispanic History month um they always bring out good content i feel yeah so check HBO, it out. yeah i like hbo i mean me personally i hate the stick of companies doing things specifically for black history month or His- hispanic heritage month why not you guys do this all year round like why is this not something that happens you know you know all throughout the year i mean that's what i personally would like to see although they do have shows every now and again starring black cast and this that and the third i just want it to always be in consistent rotation with the rest of their content that they do have on HBO and other networks, not just HBO, but everyone. Yeah. So don't just do things for Black History Month and celebration for that, but let's try to do it all year round. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. All right. Well, that's all I got for spoiler alert. All right. So, um, yeah. So that just about wraps up the show. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about, Brittany, at all? No, that's it. I mean, you know, I've been back to Wakanda. To, uh, <laughs> I've been back to Wakanda. Nice. Okay. Uh, two times since the show. Wow. Yeah, girl. Wow. I had to go see it in the IMAX theater, like at the um, Smithsonian, at mm-hmm. the Air and Space. That screen is huge. I just wow. was like, 
it was the best viewing experience I've ever seen. They still have tickets for that? No, it was last week. That was it. That was it. Okay. Well, (laughs) um, I guess I'll have to see it again. You know what? I honestly think I think that the year anniversary for Black Panther, they're going to put it back in the movie theater. You think so? I think so. I think this movie was that big that they'll do it next year. You know what? Next year, Oscars... Black Panther is gonna should be in every nomination. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they should, should be. be. Nominated. We'll see. But I don't know if um, I don't know. I've never seen a superhero movie nominated for an Oscar. No, I, uh, I other wouldn't. than Batman. Honestly, don't pay too much attention to you know war shows to be able to to say you know. But... I could be wrong. I just can't recall off the dome. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, um, I don't know. But I'm, you know, Black Panther should be getting all the nominations next year. Um, we shall see. And it's still climbing up there. And oh yeah, it is. And the dollars still doing amazing numbers. I saw numbers. today that it is now the tenth highest grossing film in American history of all time. Whoa. Ten. Whoa. All right. So I'm hoping that it just creeps on up there and wow. surpasses. I'm sure it will. Yeah, it will. So that movie's amazing. Yeah. All right, guys. So thank you for tuning in and listening to Black and Behind the Scenes. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our SoundCloud account at Black and Behind the Scenes. All of our handles, Black and Behind the Scenes. And until next time, I'm Antoinette. And I'm Brittany. And thank you for listening. See you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye.